Welcome to episode 20 of the Comfort in the Workplace podcast. On this episode, I want to talk about being prepared for a new idea, a new product. And sometimes we might be prepared, but maybe our team isn't. Or maybe we have a new offering and our customer isn't quite ready. This is a disconnect between accessibility and preparedness. So how accessible an idea or product is to the consumer versus how prepared the consumer is. And I'll, I want to share a little bit more about this concept. I'll provide a few examples. And then I want to talk about how to make it more accessible or how to make sure that we're more prepared. We'll talk through lessons learned and what comfort in the workplace tools I think can help. So let's get to the concept. Picture two lines running across a graph. The first line is toward the top of the graph. And you can see it progressing slowly downward as we go left to right. Now this is the accessibility of your idea or product. So think about this, as the product matures, you know, as you're working out your messaging and you're, you're laying out some instructions, the, li the line starts to move downward as the idea or product becomes more and more accessible. Okay, now the second line, picture this line towards the bottom of the graph. And instead of progressing downward, this one is progressing slightly upward as you move from left to right. So this is the preparedness of your team or the consumer. So as your team or your consumer advances their thought process, so the evolution of thought, they're getting their thought around the idea or product. Maybe they're becoming more experienced. Maybe they're getting some training. So they're becoming more prepared and therefore they're becoming ready to accept the idea or product. Now, the concept is that these lines need to meet or at least come pretty darn close in order for there to be success, okay? So the bigger the gap is between how accessible your idea is, that, that line running across the top from left to right, the gap between that and the preparedness, so the line running on the bottom, both of them moving towards each other as it becomes more accessible, as the team becomes more prepared, um, you want to bridge that gap so that you can ensure success. So let's let me share with you a historical example. So Uber. I mean, we we all can agree that Uber came in and and disrupted the the taxi industry, um, really put a stamp on on the shared economy. But let's be clear, Uber wasn't the first that looked to disrupt the the taxi industry. And Uber wasn't the first to leverage a shared economy when it came to um, rides for consumers. And to me, this was gypsy cabs. And so gypsy cabs were there long before Uber was even a thought. And so for those that don't know, you know, gypsy cabs were, were people that used their personal cars to, to pick up riders that they saw hailing, hailing a cab on the side of the street. And, and let's, let's be clear. This was this was a, a, a illegal. This was not legal, and so yeah, the people that were 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 doing this didn't have the the highest integrity, and so you you look at the accessibility and preparedness. The consumer wasn't prepared to use an alternative, right? There was there was no there was no preparation for the consumer. They had no way of judging the person that was picking them up. There was no way of judging the um, the the service that they were gonna they were gonna get, and the service was far from accessible. I mean, basically, you had these these illegal drivers driving around um, driving around cities, waiting to happen to see somebody looking for a cab, and then swooping in and offering offering them a ride. 
And now these, these drivers were charging whatever the heck they wanted. And sometimes <laughs> you were getting dropped off wherever the heck they felt like it. And so there were plenty of people getting ripped off. There were plenty of people being dropped off in not the best areas. And so basically when Uber came along, they essentially reused this idea. But the big difference was that the, the idea was much more accessible because smartphones were in place. Social media was, was, was in place. And, and Uber provided background checks. We had GPS. You were able to pay through an app, not directly to the, to the driver. So the consumers had much more information and were much more savvy. And so the, the preparedness of the consumer, the accessibility of the service, the idea, they really came together quite, um, quite a bit that you know, really allowed Uber just to reuse an idea that was already there. So that was a historical example. Let me give you an example from me working with a team of mine. And, and I'll go back to when I tried to introduce for the first time the feedback journal. And, and this was by far the biggest disaster of all the comfort and workplace tools that, that I introduced. And, and so with the team, you know, I, saw, I saw a really, really solid team, really high-performing team. But I also saw that there was, there was absolutely a need to improve accountability and transparency within the team. So I think we were doing a good job of making sure that there was accountability overall um, on, on the individuals. We had transparency um, uh, with formal communications, but on an informal basis, there wasn't a shared accountability within the team, and there wasn't a lot of transparency in, in, in the different areas of the team. And so I wanted to make sure that we tried to enhance the culture, uh, evolve the culture, make it more feedback-oriented. And, and to be clear, I wasn't off um, on, on, a, on a limb here. There were some execs that were starting to focus on this as, as well in, in the organization. So we had some people on the leadership team that were talking about um, introducing a feedback culture. Um, they had some pilot courses around how to provide feedback. And, and so I really took to it. And so I, I wanted to take the bull by the horn. So I got out in front and, and I really wanted to um, start pushing this agenda. And man, was it a big mistake. The team was was nowhere near ready, and the idea and the messaging around it. Um, while I had some messaging around it, the organization started tiptoeing around it. The messaging wasn't um, wasn't well established either. Um, so the 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 idea of feedback was not very accessible, and so I I introduced it at a full staff meeting, and man, it was really just thrown out there. Here's the tool. Here's what I think we should do. And after the meeting, all of my managers, I mean all of my managers, got frantic emails, frantic instant messages from, from their teams. I mean, people were freaking out. This was so counter to what we had. We had an extremely polite culture at the company. And everybody saw this as um, criticism. So feedback was criticism. And so it was a very, very negative connotation. Um, this this was something that people were just really, really concerned about. And because I was out in front on it, we were the only team that were really pushing this as an agenda item. So they felt like they were going to be the odd ones out, the ones that were, um, were causing all, all of the issues. So we, we paused it, you know, pulled it, pulled it back. And then I, I used the next three monthly full staff meetings to really try to get the team comfortable with it, improve the messaging. Um, and, and I probably could have gotten them there eventually, 
but the organization just wasn't ready and nobody else was pushing it. So for me, I completely misread the landscape. You know, I dropped this bomb on them and it, and it was not, it was not well, well received. And so if you look at, you look at these, you look at the gypsy cab, you look at Uber success, you look at my example of the feedback journal. So what are some of the things that we can do to make an idea or a product more accessible? And number one is marketing. Um, so doing some PR, getting some, um, some demos in place. So really getting the, the word out about what the, um, what the new product or idea is. Um, you want to increase the awareness. You, you, want, to, you want to get people comfortable with, with the idea before it is um, dropped in their lap like, like I did with, with the feedback journal. And so, so getting that messaging out there, getting people aware, raising the awareness um, is really critical. Another thing that you could do is what I'll call um, introduce pre-products or pre-ideas. And the concept here is that these pre-products, they serve as a stepping tone to your ultimate idea or product. And so you use those stepping stones, and maybe there's multiple products, so you could step the change. Instead of just jumping right to that idea or product, the ultimate idea or product, you use the stepping stones, the pre-products, to help you get there. And then the last one is education. So, you know, maybe you're going to do um, some uh, some white papers. You know, get some get some education out there on people getting trained. You know, maybe you maybe you do some webinars um, to really to really get the idea out there. And the, again, it's 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 trying to provide more context, deeper um, knowledge, deeper context than maybe your marketing does. So really drilling down even further so that people can really really get comfortable with all the ins and outs of the idea product. And so now, how do I become more prepared? Um, so the first thing is it, it, iteration. So work through it a, num a number of times on a, small, on a small scale. So you want to learn. You want to practice. So you look at, you, you identify the, the skills that maybe you need. Um, you identify um, what idea or product you want to use. And then you pilot. You, you do proof of concept. You try them on a small scale so that you can learn from them before you, before you introduce it on, on, a, on a larger scale. So that iteration allows you to work out the kinks and, and it gets people more prepared for when you ultimately want to introduce the idea product. The second is to upskill. And so you look at the skills that you have on your team and you look at the skills that are required for success and you're, you, you introduce training programs. And so you get the training in place. You make sure that people are, that have, have the hard skills in order, to, in order to take on the new idea or product. And the third is fresh talent. So sometimes if you want to change the culture on your team or if you want, um, if you want to bring in a new product that is, that is new to market, um, go out and find, I'm not saying replace the whole team, right? But find one or two people that you could bring in that have experience, have experience, that have the skills, or have experience with the product. You bring them onto the team, and they could serve as a subject matter expert and help the rest of the team um, come up to come up to speed. And so those are three ways that you could become more prepared. And then the last thing that that I I want to do, and this is this works for both making an idea more accessible and for increasing the preparedness of of a consumer or team is planting a seed. So sometimes ideas are such a leap forward that you need to start out by just planting a small little seed. And this small little seed, it's, it's, it's a precursor 
to the marketing or the pre-products or the training. It's a precursor to proof of concepts and iterating upskill or, or bringing in fresh talent. So this is just planting a seed and this could be showing a little three minute um, video that you thought was interesting. Show that at a full staff meeting so that you know they could see it or you wanna show you know, maybe the end vision that you have of what an idea is gonna look like or what benefit it's gonna to bring to the team. You know, show a little clip, you know, maybe it's a TED talk, maybe it's a YouTube video, maybe it's something that you saw on LinkedIn and, and just plant that little seed for, for people so that they could get comfortable, they could get comfortable with it. They could start thinking about that in their mind so it doesn't become, you know, such a shock when they see it for the first time. And another good example of, of where you see this is at, is, is at trade shows. And you see this often of people putting out um, concept ideas. And, and the beauty of this is that when you see that concept idea, now you have people that have expertise starting to think about how that idea could be applied, how that new product could be applied. And that also becomes a feedback mechanism so that you could evolve the product and, and really make it more practical and more useful to the people that are ultimately going to use it. And, and, and so that I believe is is a is really critical for ideas that are going to be a leap forward. So pl planting a seed. So let's go back to Uber. So we we saw we saw both play out, and so we saw pre products come to fruition, right? So the so think about the point from when we had gypsy cabs to the point that we had Uber. I mean, smartphones were introduced, GPS was was introduced, social media, and so. All of those served as a foundation for Uber. Uber didn't create them, right? So Uber did not create any of these products. So Uber didn't take that leap. What Uber did was they married the products, these pre-products that were brought to, brought to market, they married them with an existing idea, um, which was, was, was gypsy caps. And so you brought those two things together um, and, and, it, and it created something that was disruptive. And now the consumers were upskilled, right? So consumers had a better understanding of technology. And now remember too, before Uber, consumers started shopping online. And so consumers got comfortable on how to trust services or trust paying online. And they also got comfortable with how to protect themselves with digital transactions, right? So the consumer got more savvy um, so that that upskilling was absolutely critical for people to even trust Uber. If you think about even even if you would have went ten years earlier, when digital transactions were were new and people were still were scared to you know put their credit card information in, online to make um, to make a purchase, you know maybe Uber wouldn't have been as successful. You know, I mean there wouldn't there, there wouldn't be the, the 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 same level of trust or the same level of um, protection that people knew how to do for themselves. And so if I go to the feedback journal, so I did the education and training and the comms, but it was way too late, right? I already shocked it. I already shocked the team. I ruined it. I ruined that, 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 that rollout. Um, I should have recognized how drastic of a change it, it was. And I should have planted a seed or maybe multiple seeds. You know, I should have used um, a TED Talk on the importance of feedback um, I should have looked for for some YouTube videos or LinkedIn articles that talked about how how to do feedback right, and I should have introduced that to the team, you know, got them comfortable with the idea, even let them play back and and think about how that idea could could um, work for their for their particular areas, um, and and I I guarantee it would have been a lot more successful. 
And so there are two comfort in the workplace tools that I wanted to recommend that you look at. So if you're looking at new ideas for a team or culture change, um, I think core, the core workout is a critical tool to, to use. And what the core workout allows you to do is it allows you, number one, to make sure that there's crystal clear understanding of what your core objectives are, a crystal clear understanding of what the team brings to the table, and then equally, a crystal clear understanding of what some of the gaps are. And now the trick is that you tie that new idea or that new product to the gaps that are identified in the core workout. So the core workout allows you to make it obvious that you, in fact, need this idea and that the team would want this idea so they, they could achieve their, their core objectives. And then on the product side, if you're introducing something to consumers, the customer correct tool is, is, is perfect. I mean, the customer correct tool allows you to tie your solution to the customer input, and, and it has metrics that helps the customer realize what the impacts are so that they, again, could be excited about what you're, what you're introducing because it's crystal clear the benefit that they're, they're going to get. So I hope this model helps when you're considering to introduce a new idea or product. And please join me in creating comfort in the workplace by respecting team members and demanding excellence.